This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad? Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom, and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. Just resiliency, you know, just a bunch of guys that um, not focus on results. Obviously, we want wins, uh, but just focus on the process and, and loving each other, having fun with another, you know, one another. You know, the mindset hasn't changed from week to week through a couple bad losses in a row, um, you know, a couple close wins. Uh, everybody's kind of mindset's the same. So it's it's been really fun to be in that locker room and just see uh, the attitudes of guys day in and day out. And, um, you know, it's those things that you look too late in the season and say, hey, we've been here before. Uh, we've been through tough times, been through good times. And um, just, you know, you hope you can get on a roll and, and remember, you know, what it took to get to where you are now. Uh, whose whose birthday party is it there at the Thielen household? Probably one balloons of the, in the background. Yeah, probably one of the three three rug rats, I'm sure. A little rug rat birthday. Little, yeah, there. rug rats birthday. It's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Dad loves kids' <laughs> birthday does, parties. It's great. What are you crabby for? Happy it's birthday my week. <laughs> no, it's great. Happy birthday. Uh, Uncle Judd loves loves the rug rats. This this is Mackie and Judd daily Minnesota sports entertainment. Hopefully you guys were entertained by a bunch of crappy football. This is what happens when the Vikings don't play on Sunday. Mm-hmm. A bunch of crappy blowout football games, all right? At least the Vikings make things interesting. Whether they win or lose down the stretch, there's always a game-winning drive knocking on the door on the Red Zone channel for you. Six noon games. You need more. Like that noon, get at least eight games, right? Six Especially noon when games, the Jets are one a, of them because yeah, like the Jets right. don't even count. Yeah, Right. Well, and the Giants, right? Like the Giants were playing against Carolina. What an atrocious football game. Yeah, it was a bye week for the entire NFL. It really apparently. was. It really was. But really was. but at least cram in eight games to, to the first window so there's an opportunity for what Phil just said, which is, <laughs> my God, hey, look, this finish is really fun. That's right. We're here to we're here to moan and complain for the entire show today. Uh Mackie and Judd, daily Minnesota sports entertainment. And uh, every single Monday, we hit you with Viking statements and statements from the broader world. Uh, we also have a little Bears vent line off of yesterday's debacle. So let's fire it up here. All right, Judd Zolgad, start us off with a Vikings statement. Okay, so from watching um, um, the, the six exciting, exhilarating noon kickoff games on Sunday, here's my first statement regarding the Minnesota Vikings. It's time to pile on the points. It's time to pile on the points. Did you guys happen to see what the Cincinnati Bengals did to the Baltimore Ravens on Sunday? They beat them 41-17. to They piled on the points. It is time to come out of the bye 
and understand that these first four games, while extremely difficult, can be won if you pile on the points. Let Kirk throw. Let Kirk cook. Open up the offense. Um, get past this. We have to win these games, Phil, nine to seven. Let's win them, you know, let's win them 21 to 21 to 10 or something like that. Pile on the points. Don't be afraid to score. Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, and the Bengals gave you a tutorial on how to beat a team like Baltimore. Outscore them and just bury them. I know. Yeah, we, we gave you the stat last week, too, that there were, I think, six games that uh, the final score was a three-touchdown margin or more. And I haven't, I mean, there was a bunch of blowouts yesterday. And over the last 27 games, the Vikings have only had one 20-point lead or more. And some of it's because their defense doesn't really allow you, especially last year, that type of a cushion. But Bill Belichick doesn't even have that good of a team. And he said... That doesn't. That's not going to stop me from sticking it to the team I hate the most, which is the New York Jets. Yes, and he's throwing passes late in the game. Uh, I just like have that. I'm, I'm with Judd here. Have that mentality. You're going to bury someone by thirty points. You're not going to do it to the Cowboys on Sunday Night Football, but like the Lions, the Panthers are trying to give you the game in the first half. Throttle. You can learn. You can learn a lot from some of those bad red zone games yesterday. The Bengals over the, Absolutely. Over the Ravens. Good example. And, yeah. and if you go into to the Baltimore game there and say and say this, odds are Lamar Jackson is going to put up points and yards for sure. Right? Like like we have to accept that. Yeah. Um, now hopefully we do a good job, but let's say we don't. Is that a death knell? And if you pile on the points, the answer is it's not. So so instead of this, we're going to stop. Uh, you should see what I've devised to stop Lamar so we can win a tight game. Screw that. Score more <laughs> points. Love it. All right, Declan. All right, my first statement. My first statement is, let's get spooky. Let's get spooky. The bye week is over. The Vikings are 3-3. Three and three. They return to action on a Halloween night against the yeah. Dallas Cowboys. Also, the graphics for Sunday Night Football. Did you guys see those they put out yesterday for the Vikings and Cowboys game? No, nope. Let they're, me guess. They're, they're Halloween-themed. They're very Halloween-themed, and they're very spooky. They're very spooky-looking because it's obvious they're playing on Halloween night. Um, and even though the Packers have a leg up in the north, uh, they, have a, you know, they have a game in hand, and they're a couple games up, I wouldn't worry about it. I say control what you control. And even though the schedule gets tough out of the bye, it's going to get even more spookier after the Cowboys game because you're going to be on a gauntlet of a road schedule in November. But if Kirk is cooking and the Vikings can figure out ways to win some big games, you, you're, you're going to see a very spooky team that's going to start popping up. So I think let's get spooky. Let's get spooky. That's my opening statement. This is the most excited I've been for a Vikings game so far this year. Uh, I'd have to go back and sort of see how far back into last year's schedule. It might be the most excited I've been for a Vikings game in like a full calendar year. This is going to be great. Wow. We're going to find out more about this team. Absolutely. It's it's too I think I think the Cowboys are one of like the five or six best teams in the NFL so far this year. It's national TV. It's Kirk Cousins in primetime. Uh it's a national spotlight on a Vikings team that has clawed its way back into like if the playoffs started today, they'd be in the playoffs. And so I'm I'm with Dex here. Let's get let's get spooky, let's get weird. Get spooky. Let's get whatever you want. Let's get Vikings Cowboys on national TV in six days, baby. These next four completely define you. Completely. Mm-hmm. Like they yeah, they are they are going to be because you've won two games 
But the key there is it's Detroit, Carolina, and Sam Darnold, by the way. Oh, my God. I, I'm, I'm done they there, okay? Right, they but, I mean, they should yesterday. bench him. He should. He's awful. He's hopeless. Dude, they, they benched him, and then they brought in, I think it's P.J. Walker, who was an yeah. XFL quarterback yeah, a couple years dead. ago, and he went... When I last looked, he was like two for 11 for like 12 yards or something. God. Yeah, yeah. Watch so them trade five first-round picks for Deshaun Watson tomorrow morning. And did you see the, the the Teddy Bridgewater clip roaming around the other day from Patrick Peterson's podcast? He had Teddy on and basically admitted when he was in Carolina that Joe Brady and that offense did not ever run two-minute drills in practice. They just didn't run two-minute drills. This Joe Brady thing, like he is a genius and he's on the next head coach of some team, is such garbage. Yeah, they didn't run two minute. They, drills? they did not run two minute drills. And Ted and like what the, were they doing? The, the clip was Teddy was also. You should only run two yes. minute drills. Like Brian be the only thing you run for two hours in practice. And Pat, people were like, "What do you mean they didn't run?" He's right. like, "Yeah, we, we we had walkthroughs only on Friday." Like, and 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 Teddy was even talking about like, "Look, I didn't play that great, but I understand it's a business, so I moved on." But also like the way their offense is like orchestrates. Basically, what? Teddy took a shot at Carolina, being like. I don't think Joe Brady's it. Matt, they're, they're set up for Matt Rule is not good. No. I'm going to say that right now. He, he's a college guy. He is a college guy. I mean, I don't, and again, we're not at practice, so it's. I guess we'll have to take his word for it. But, like, once you, if it were me, I would devote, like, 30% of all practice time to two-minute drill situations. Yeah. Because, like, that's games are close. End of the first half, end of the game, right? Like, games are close all the time in the NFL. Why would, why would that's you? That's your time, man. Why would you ever come up? With a scheme against any team that says, here's what we're going to do this week. We're going to put the game on Sam's shoulders. Say they they came out in the Vikings game and He's literally so said, McCaffrey's not there, so Sammy, this is your ball game. Go sling it. What the <laughs> hell are you thinking? Like, this guy's ponder, too. Which is frightening. Sammy, dude. Anyway. Yeah, he's, uh, I don't know. He's got a bigger arm than Ponder had, but it doesn't really help him when he can't read a defense. I was going to say, I think he's got a 10-cent brain. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm seeing ghosts. No, you uh, just suck. Speaking of 10-cent brains, uh, here's my Viking first Viking statement. The Vikings should pray to the football gods that the Chicago Bears don't fire Matt Nagy <laughs> until the end of the season. Because the Vikings are sitting here and they're like, oh my God, like we... Don't they have to wait till like December to put? No, it's like late November, the first time they play the Bears, right? So we got to sit here for like a month and a half before this train wreck of a team comes into our lives. Just can can the Bears get a win just to extend Matt Nagy's stay uh, stay of execution here? Um, and with that, boys, we've got one of the most glorious things when the Vikings don't play. The only thing we can hope for is a devastating loss by someone in the NFC North. And we bring you Bears Ventline. Dex, you go ahead. Hey, but I do have to say, man, I mean, the Bears are not putting Justin Fields in any sort of position to succeed whatsoever. So, yeah, he did make some mistakes in this game. Yeah, he looked like a rookie throughout it. But you can't put 100% of the blame on Fields for this offensive performance, guys. That's how bad the rest of our offense was out there, okay? Receivers dropping balls, okay? Not even getting open. Offensive line playing absolutely horrible. Matt Nagy and Bill Lazor being some of the worst coaches, play callers in the NFL. I know we were a little bit high on Bill Lazor for a little bit, but guys, what does he do that differently from Matt Nagy, okay? It's not that much different. It's the same system still, and 
Both of them have to be gone by the end of this year. Uh, courtesy of DeWindy City Productions on YouTube, by the way. Phil is right, though. Man, if you are the Vikings, you have to get down on your knees every night until <laughs> you play the Bears and pray <laughs> to the heavens that they don't make a change, which they ordinarily don't do in season. But my God, if this was, if yesterday's loss to the Buccaneers was not a walking advertisement, and I saw, well, they, they were missing some players, that didn't mean the rest of the team had to give up. So, like, that score uh, was not a, if we had just had Akeem Hicks, we would have been fine. My new favorite thing, uh, Dan Orlovsky, every Monday on ESPN, on Greeny's show, Get Up, will just go on there and with film study. And, like, he's not just, you know, spewing takes. He's, like, using film study to just savage the Bears coaching staff. And there was a play in that game at one point where Justin Fields was told in his headset, because your headset doesn't turn off until the 15-second mark on the play clock. And all this came out in the post game. Mm-hmm. But he was someone was yelling in his ear with 22 seconds left on the play clock, snap it, they're trying to get a 12th guy off the field, like snap it and catch them with 12 guys on the field. So he snaps it, but the 12th guy had cleared off the field for the Buccaneers. So he thought he had a free play. So some panicked coach is in his ear like, snap it, snap it, snap it, snap oh, it, snap no. it. He's like, oh, God. So he has a free play, rolls out to the right, and just throws a ball up for grabs. It gets picked off. And they're like, well, that's okay. It was a free play. No, the 12th guy snuck off the field while your panicked coach was yelling in your ear. So let's hear from more. Wow. I feel like I have begun many a Bears postgame episodes with that word. But here we are again. An absolute embarrassment. We've covered some bad football games. This is this is by far the worst one in the Matt Nagy era, and it made me reference Mark Tressman twice in my column today. Twice. <laughs> woof woof. <laughs> like that music, Jeff? That was like that was almost porn. It was almost. Porn, it was yeah. almost porn. It was certainly wasn't football. Porn wasn't football? No, after no, no, no. And it's certain, and and it was not. I, I mean, it was just very. It was an interesting choice of music. Let's just say that. Courtesy of the Athletic. Uh, yeah, Mark Tressman, man. Anytime you have to start comparing your current head coach to the job Mark Tressman did for Oof. two years, it's uh, it's pretty bad. We got one more. Yeah, well, Bears Mark- vent line here on Mackie and Judd. I. I- I honestly don't know because being a fan of this team, like it's, it takes away all your hope, man. Like you guys know, I'm probably one of the more optimistic fans out there, but just watching the bears fail over and over and over and over again, it makes me question like, when is it actually going to turn around? When are things going to change? I just simply don't know the answer to that question. Okay. I think Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace both are going to be gone at the end of the season with how bad things are looking right now. But I just hope he would finally hire the right people for the first time in forever. But looking at the McCaskies track record, like, I don't know if that's going to happen. <laughs> you know, you've got a Super Bowl. You've got Super Bowl appearances, oh, 35 plural. Thirty-five years ago, plural. Yeah, well, when, hey, I'll take well, it. Well, I was going to say, when, when's when's ours? Yeah, 
If Rex Grossman can go to the bleeping Super Bowl, this team should be able to. The Vikings had four chances to have a Lombardi trophy, at least in the case in Egan, and they don't. So don't complain to me about your team until we have a Super Bowl trophy here, okay? When's Uh, it going to end? That's fair enough. I mean, it was 35 years ago, but then, like Dex said, they did go to a Super Bowl yes. with Rex Grossman. They have so appearances. I feel like if, you, if you go that far with Rex Grossman, then you it's like 30 more years until you can complain on that mm-hmm. level. Mm-hmm. All right. So, uh, statement number two, round two here, Judd Zilgin. Okay. Statement number two for me. Win in Santa Clara. The 49ers, who I thought were going to come back and be real and be good, they were uh, depleted by a ton of injuries last year. And I thought to myself, okay, this team's go. This team is going to be tough. And I saw the Vikings' schedule, which, when they come out of that four-game stretch, is a game against um, San Fran in California. And I said, okay, that's going to be a tough game to win, man. I mean, you, last time that you played there in the playoffs, they kicked your ass. Uh, This team is going to be back. They're going to be healthy. They're going to be good. Well, guess what? They're not that good. They're not that good. And so if you can, at the very least, at the very, very least, my expectation is if you can split these four games, which which I know might be disappointing to some, but the reality is if you go two and two, and let's say that you win both the home games, which is Cowboys and Packers, okay, and then the road games are Baltimore, and the Chargers, which you can win, but it's going to be difficult. If you go two and two, you come out and play the Niners in in San Fran. You should beat them. Look at this team. There's a there's a very good chance that you are going to be going against Trey Lance. You should beat them. And if so, if you can, well, get, you should beat Jimmy Garoppolo too. Well, yeah. I would actually be more fearful of Trey Lance in some ways because well, he can escape. And but the run. point is, yeah. but the point is, you can beat them, and that and the point of that is, if you go two and two in these next four, and then win that game, and in that stretch go three and two, that's not terrible. But that game to me goes from being a oh my god, that's a really difficult game. You're probably not going to win. To no matter who the quarterback is. For the Niners, it's a winnable game now. Real quick, I'm just gonna because this I'm gonna cut cut what? line here. Sorry, what? because I have a statement that goes right hand in hand with what Judd's saying. I can't tell after watching seven weeks if the Vikings schedule overall is harder or easier. Because if you go back and look at like the first six games, Cincinnati is the one seed in the AFC right now <laughs> after that win yesterday. And Arizona is the one seed in the NFC. They haven't lost a game yet. Um, and then, but then you look at like the back end of the schedule, like Judd said, and on paper that at San Francisco game two or three months ago looked like one of your hardest games, maybe on the schedule. Uh, Pittsburgh is probably more competitive than I think Judd is giving them credit for, but but they're uh, beatable at home. By that point, at home, like yeah. that's a game you're probably going to be favored in. Chicago just looks like a total dumpster fire. Yes. So you've got. I'm not going to guarantee wins here, but like. You're going to be favored against Chicago twice, against Detroit. You, you're probably going to be favored at San Francisco. Like, if, they, if the lines were set right now, like, you'd be favored in those four games. You'd be favored probably at home against Pittsburgh. Um, and I haven't even gone through the rest of the games. But, like, like those are all games that are happening after this four-game stretch. Yep. And you're going to be favored in five of them. Not to say you're going to win all five, but can you go four and one in those games? Because you're looking to get to 10 wins to get in, right? You already got three. 
So that's four. That's seven. Can you can you can you grab three more out of the other like seven games? So um, I don't know. I can't tell if it's easier or hard. Like the Cincinnati game, clearly, like they're beating everybody. Uh, so the Vikings don't deserve an award for like almost beating Cincinnati. Like they should have won that game and they fumbled it away on the final drive, and they should have beat Arizona. But it probably gives you a little bit more hope and puts the first six games into better context now that we've seen uh, almost two months of, of the schedule so far. And I believe the Vikings are two-point underdogs, by the way, going into Sunday night against the Cowboys. So they're actually underdogs at home, home dogs. Oh, underdogs. Oh, home dogs, baby. Oh. Purple props. Bulletin board material. Home dogs, baby. Bulletin home dogs. board material. You like that? I like that for the Vikings. So I think that's, that's great for the Vikings. Mm-hmm. Uh, my next Viking statement is maybe you don't need to win the division. Maybe you don't need to win the division. So earlier this year, it looked like, I mean, the only bid that was going to come out of the NFC North was obviously winning the division. It looked like it was going to be way too difficult for the Vikings or any team, the Bears, and obviously the Lions are out, of making a wild card team out of the North. But as it stands right now, the Vikings have a 42% chance to make the playoffs, according to Football Outsiders, and an 18% chance to win the North. So honestly, it's still going to be a very tough challenge for them to win the North with the Packers basically having two and a half games up on them uh, eight weeks into the season. But... If the playoffs did start today, due to tiebreakers, the Vikings would be the last seed in in the NFC playoff picture, which could also possibly set up a date at Lambeau, which would be a hell of a lot of fun on Wild Card Weekend. Um, but I, I do think looking at it and the way the mm-hmm. Vikings are trending and where the rest of the NFL is trending, maybe the Vikings do sneak in as one of those last Wild Card spots if you don't win the division. Yeah, so just to, to flesh this out even more, so seven teams get in, right? There are five teams in the NFC right now with one loss or zero losses. And so let's just, you know, anything can happen, but let's let's put those five teams on a different level. So you're fighting for one of the last two spots with the Saints, who are three and two. Vikings are three and three. The Falcons come into life a little bit. They're three and three, but they don't really scare you. Mm-hmm. Their schedule's gonna be a lot easier. The Bears are in the nine seed spot right now, tied there. So they're three and four tied with the Panthers God, also in God the, bless the same spot. <laughs> oh my uh, God. And then you've got two and four Seattle and two and four San Francisco, two of the bigger disappointing teams. You know, part of it for Seattle is Russell Wilson's out. But if like, if Seattle gets beat tonight on Monday night football, their season's over. You know, they're like, they're just hoping to stay as close to 500 as possible for Russell Wilson to come back. But, Unless they roll off a win or two, they're they're done. So you're basically fighting with there's two open spots, and you're fighting with the Saints, the Falcons, and then the three and four Bears and the three and four Panthers right now. Not to say that San Francisco couldn't come back or Seattle, but like this is yours. Go win some games mm-hmm. and this is gr- get the great in. thing I mean, about ten this. wins probably gets you in. And I have never been as unsure about how this is going to go as I am right now. I have absolutely no clue. Yeah, back to you here, Joe. Unless that was maybe maybe that was your statement. Oh no, I've got one more. I've got one more. Where's the corner, Rick Spielman? (laughs) I sat near you on Saturday at the Gopher football game. I don't know why you were scouting that game. I don't know why you were scouting that that game. I don't know what. I mean, perhaps the Gophers' offensive line. I don't know. Uh, But as I sat there, the news that. Weatherly had been traded to the Broncos in in a weird trade that's a 2023 seventh-round pick as well to the Broncos and brought back a seventh-round pick in 2022 came down. But 
Still no corner. And all I can figure is by making that trade, the Vikings opened up, I think, approximately a million dollars in cap room. Mm -hmm. So perhaps that's to add a corner. And I'm not looking. It doesn't have to be a top-line starter. But, um, my God, Bashad Breland had about, what, three or four terrible weeks, back-to-back decent games, but, again, against not great teams. And Hey, hey Rick. Rick. Hey. Hold on. <laughs> Judd pa- passing notes. There we go. He, he was across the way. So I would have had to. You up? I, I would have had to throw the piece of paper at him and hit him with it and been like, hey, Rick. Hey, Rick. Where's the corner, Ricky? Ricky, where's Ricky. the corner? You got to yeah, trade Rick, for that? It, let's look. Yeah, I really think we need to light another third or fourth round pick on fire for uh, a, a fringe starting caliber player. That'd be a great. Do you want Chris? But, but here's my problem. Do you want Chris Boyd or Harrison Hand coming into games? Because right now. Well, what, but what's it going to cost you to. I mean, you're talking about trading cost for Xavier late. Rhodes as if it matters. It's going to get it. It's going to cost you a late round pick to get some depth at corner. I'm not talking about. It doesn't have to be a great okay, player. Okay, but depth, like, but like. I mean, do you really want Chris the, Boyd playing? What's the difference? Do you really want Chris Boyd playing? Okay, but you're but you're saying that there's a player out there better than like Chris, Chris Boyd. Boyd. Yes, uh, but is there? I'd be for a ex- sixth round pick. I'd be for a sixth round pick right now. Yeah, sure there is. Chris Boyd's not hard to. Uh, Chris Boyd as a corner is not. There's hard just to starting cornerbacks <laughs> available no, no, for he's not sixth a starter. round picks. Listen to me. I'm talking about a backup. I'm talking about a backup. Why do you care Chris about a backup, a backup, though? Because Bashad Breland gets hurt almost every game. If he can't but a backup's going to get torched. To it doesn't matter who it is. Like, why light a fourth or sixth round pick on fire no. for a guy that's also going to get torched? Because it's a sixth round pick. He's got like 90 of them. He's got <laughs> nine. Add some depth at corner. Those Harrison Hand and Chris Boyd, you don't want them playing. I, what I'm saying is the Vikings have already, like, over the last few years, the Vikings have lit, and they've, it's amazing how many picks they've yeah, just lit Chris on fire Yeah, for Chris Harden, a fourth-round pick, that was stupid. And they still have 38 draft picks anyways because yes, exactly. Rick is just Mr. He Wheeler just got another seventh-round pick from the Broncos. Judd, let me paint a clear picture for you. If they trade a six-round pick for a quote-unquote depth backup cornerback mm-hmm. and Brashad Breland or, or whatever, whoever gets hurt, Dancing. that guy is also going to get torched. Just like Chris Boyd is going to get torched, it doesn't matter unless there's a. If you want to talk about a needle moving, like legit starting quarterback, like the dude in Miami, right? Yeah. Like Xavier right. Howard. Xavier Howard. Yes. Xavier Howard interests me. Yes. I'll have a conversation about Xavier Howard. I want. I'm not. I mean, I want a veteran backup who at least looks like he can play the part. I don't want number twenty nine. <laughs> Out there pivoting around, so being if he like, looks I was good in his co- uniform. I was then. supposed to cover. No, no. There's guys. There's guys <laughs> oh, that look God. like they know what they're doing, and then there's a guy like Chris Boyd <laughs> who can barely play special teams. And I know he's cocky, and I know that they like him. But my God, add some depth at corner. Plus, it's just by by this point a numbers game. Patrick Peterson ain't coming back in three games. That's the I most r- ridiculous thing. Oh, he's got a ha- he's the- a thirty-one years old with a hamstring. He's going to be yeah. back by he'll be back by the Packer game. Trust me, Percy Harvin will not be traded. Trust me, Stefan Diggs is going nowhere. Trust me. That's what I should have told him. I don't trust you. <laughs> I think you uh, you but, underappreciate the unwarranted cocky cornerback, the guy that gets beat eight times, but but on, yeah. but on the ninth time and, when the game's out of this, hand, hey, and yeah. you get the finger <laughs> wag and the fourth down, like I did it. The, the receiver can drop the bleep in football, and you get the finger wag and the fourth down. I did it. No, you get off the field. Amazing. All right. All right, Declan, you can either break the tie. Would you trade a sixth-round pick for a guy who's going to get torched? Or no? uh, That's not the way to put it. 
Do you want Chris Boyd having to play when Patrick Peterson's probably going to miss more than a month? Uh, I don't want Chris Boyd playing significant snaps. Exactly. So I, I'm actually with Team Team Sports Dad here. Exactly. I, I would do it. I would 100%. And it's a sixth-round pick. The man will get 14 more of them next Saturday. Oh, my God. I just traded a, a, a jug of milk to the Jets. I got a <laughs> couple sixth-round picks. Uh, all right. Any, uh, any final Viking statements from you guys? I, I'm good. I'm good. I, I just want to get spooky. Let's let's bring on a hobbled Dak Prescott and let's let's get this rolling. That's what I want. All right. Well, then then let's then let's hear from Dan Campbell for right. no reason other than we just want to hear from Dan Campbell. <laughs> you think you like football? Well, Dan Campbell doesn't just like football. He f-ing loves football. If this does not continue to sting and burn and taste like you know what, then you got a problem. Don't you cannot allow yourself to go numb. You can't. Because I'm not. It just all it does is just piss me off even more, you know. And it just <laughs> motivates me to want to get out of this mess. So, um, and I do think we have the right type of guys. And and so as long as they continue to hate this taste, they'll come back to work and be ready to go. They will. And I think we got the right type of guys to do that. I do. You like like how that tastes? <laughs> football! Football! Yeah! Football! Oh my god! Dude. Oh my god! Dude, they they pulled out. All the stops in that game, <laughs> at least in the first quarter. In the first, like, five minutes of game time, screen pass for a touchdown, onside kick recovered, and then a fake punt literally in the first five minutes of game time to take a 10 nothing lead. Just couldn't hold up. Of course, it was Jared Goff that just throws the just the self-sabotage interception. Oh, my yeah. God. That was so – if this doesn't continue to sting – it's not an STD, Dan. It's a football loss. <laughs> If it doesn't sting and burn and you don't have to go to the doctor to get meds to erase it, then you're not trying. Maybe the Lions have a depth cornerback the Vikings can trade for. That's fine. You know what? I hope Chris Boyd has to play, and I hope and I hope that you see him standing still as guys run past him, and then you come on the next day and say, you know what? Why didn't they trade for a cornerback? I said Sports it all Dad, you were right. Sure. They should have traded for a cornerback. You think you like football? Well, Dan Campbell doesn't just like football. He f***ing loves football. Our guys come back to work. They were ready to go. They believed in the plan. They executed the plan for the most part, uh, minus a couple plays. And uh, and that's what happens. You know, you give up a shot play. We're not ready for a blitz. We're, you know, and now he's got all time, all, you know, all day long to see it. And, uh, you know, it's just, you. It, it's too tough. You leave that door shut, please. <laughs> football! Football! Yeah! yeah! Football! Yeah! Football! Oh my god! Oh, dude, he's great. Oh my god! He was he was ready to murder whoever opened that door. Yeah, I would not. Like he was. I would not want to be the Lions' head PR guy. No. Oh my god! No. Uh, all right, Mackie and Judd, daily Minnesota sports entertainment. Uh, some non-Vikings things happened yeah. over the weekend. I'm not sure if not sure if you guys saw anything mm-hmm. that happened that was uh, mm-hmm. non-football related. But let's deliver some uh, bonus statements here. <laughs> non We know Declan had a travel situation he wants to get into. Oh yeah, I'm, uh, let's. We, which we don't know a thing about, and no. I'm super curious. No. Yeah, I, I mean. I, We'll see what happened here. All right, Judd, why don't you start us off here? Bonus statements from the weekend. Okay, bonus statements. Um, I'm going to start with the Minnesota Wild. 
who Hello. who split two games. They beat they they again fell behind on Saturday to the Ducks. They came back and does this sound familiar? They rallied to win in overtime. They then fell behind to the Nashville Predators on Sunday and played easily their worst game in the first five games. And here's my statement. Kirill Kaprizov needs to start shooting the damn hockey puck. He had three shots on goal in three-plus periods because the game went into OT on Saturday. All of them were in the second period. On Sunday, he had three more shots on goal all in the third period. So he had no shots on goal in the first and second. He has right now... For the season, 13 shots on goal. Just to provide some context, fourth-line winger Brandon Duhame has 16 shots on goal. Kirill Kaprizov, like, he's, I know he's pressing. I know he got the big contract. He, he has yet to score a goal. I understand that this all factors into his, his scuffles, probably, when it comes to overthinking what he's doing right now. But shooting for him is not difficult. Like, we've seen him get into mm-hmm. uh, um, stretches where he shoots. And guess what happens when he shoots? Because he's really good at hockey. Oh, my God, the puck goes in. The mm-hmm. puck goes in the net. Kirill Kaprizov needs to, like, the simplest, the easiest way to simplify this, and, and he did get a talking to from the coaching staff before the game on Sunday, but the easiest way beyond, like, well, he should do this, he should do that, no, do this, shoot the puck. You didn't so why do doesn't it last he? year. And it he gets... I think he's trying to, he's such a creative player mm-hmm. and he's so, and, and, and I think he's trying to, uh, I think he's guilty of trying to set up and make the perfect goal. And, and this is a problem in this sport for some guys. They're just so intent on let's score the goal. That's going to be the perfect goal as opposed to, boy, you know, you know why hockey's weird and random and arbitrary <laughs> because guys shoot pucks and they go off breezers they go off skates but unless you shoot the puck it can't go off a breezer a skate it can't deflect in so he needs to just start shooting the puck it's it's the primary reason why he is being paid over the next five years nine million per year it's kind of amazing like i'm just going through last year um so austin matthews shot the puck 222 times last year Mm -hmm. and Tops in the NHL. And uh, Kaprizov shot the puck 157 times. So Austin Matthews is taking, on average, like almost two extra shots per game. That's part of the reason why he had 41 goals in a shortened season last year. So what do you guys, because I know you guys are in lockstep on this, what do you guys have to say to the the other sections of wild media and fandom that say, why are people panicking so much? Relax. Everything will come around here for Kaprizov. Just get off of his back. Well, number one, as we do with the quarterback, it is okay to have high expectations for superstar players. Now, Kirk Cousins might not be a superstar player in his league, but Kirill Kaprizov is a superstar player for his team. Kirk Cousins is a superstar player for his team. It's okay to have high demands for that. And second, Kirill did this last year. This It's very similar to what happened. He first... 17 games for Kirill Kaprizov last season. He shot the puck only 1.67 times per game. It's not a lot. It's not a lot at all. But over the last 35, he doubled his shot rate. So he doubled it to 3.37 shots per game. And Eureka, guess what happened? He also doubled... Those nerds! Nerds! Coming with the facts! Coming with the facts! <laughs> Coming yes. with his goal... Doubles his goal rate, right? Because if you shoot the puck more, you're going to score more. 
crazy concept, right? Absolutely mind-blowing concept. Oh, how dare we ask for more from a superstar player? Yes, the Wild are 4-1, and it's great. But Kirill Kaprizov needs to shoot the puck more. And when he has shot the puck more, he scores more goals. If you took 3.37 shots per game and mapped it out over 82, that's 270-plus shots in a regular season. And also, guys like Kirill, Ovechkin, Matthews, if you shoot the puck at a high rate, the shooting percentage of it being higher than league average is completely sustainable. Or, or Gerard? God, it's just like it, it's completely okay <laughs> to ask for this from your superstar player. And yeah, Krillsman, he's got five assists. He's a playmaker, but he needs to shoot the puck more. Right, and that's his role. Yeah. Like that that's your role, dude. You are you are the one without a doubt, he is the one guy on this team who if you pulled the players and said, wouldn't you mind if he was sort of selfish? They'd say ninety seven. Kirill. Like they want him to shoot. And, and on that line, there is Great definition of roles, okay? Eck, Eck will make some plays, but he is going to go to the net and get the old hockey cliche, greasy goals. Zuccarello loves to pass the puck. It's what he's going to do. He is at, at an age where you're not going to call Matt's in and be like, Matt's, I'm going to change your game. Hmm. Kaprizov is the finisher. He's the gunner. He is the gunner. He is the sharpshooter. And if he is going to pass back to Matt's, my idea last night on the Judd's Hockey Show that we did with Declan was then put Fiala with Kirill. Because at least if Kirill's going to pass the puck, if he's going to insist on this, Fiala will say, okay, dude, thanks. Bang, shot on goal. Six shots on. Kevin Fiala in last night's game had as many shots as Kaprizov did for the whole weekend. That's not that's not acceptable. That's not good. I got one, one more here. Get those nerds! I think you're onto something with like he's he's looking for the the beautiful goal mm-hmm. like the 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 perfect either sort of you know whatever like he's just looking for like a clean amazing highlight real goal sometimes. So last year he actually scored on basically one in every five shots he took was a goal, which is amazing. It was one of the highest shooting percentages. It was right there with Austin Matthews in terms yeah. of shooting percentage. Now I don't think the solution is just. Just start firing pucks at the net, like right. you know, like a jugs machine or something. You know, I think the question is, okay, if he's going to get you an extra couple shots per game, is he just flinging pucks toward the net senselessly, or and or is he taking opportunities away? Like, if you were to be more of a facilitator, is he taking opportunities away? I don't think it's zero sum though. Like, I think I think he can increase his shot output without like taking things away from Absolutely. teammates necessarily. Absolutely. That's, that's my hockey whisperer. I like it. Hockey whisperer is here. nerd whisperer. I love it. The <laughs> nerdy hockey whisperer. The Kraken's number one fan, Macadac. Yeah. Don't, right. don't be confused. Macadac loves his Kraken. Use that climate I did. Go, I did go down for a Kraken pregame festivities, and it's, it's a fun vibe. Oh, yeah. It does feel a lot like when the Wild launched, there was a new excitement, but it's a little different here because they didn't have a team before. Right. I think a lot, there were some people that were kind of like, I'm, I'm kind of in on the Wild, but they're not the North Stars. Uh, that that new that fresh new team smell. Judd, that That's was Judd. Time. You're describing that was Judd me. I was outside the, the X saying, "Don't go in. It's not the North Stars. Don't go in. It's not the same. Don't allow them to. The, no. Uh, Don't it's do it. It's just not the same. All right, Declan. All right, I'll I'll continue to get more nerdy with uh, the local hockey team here. Uh, my statement is: the Wild can't afford to have poor goaltending. They just simply cannot. So. Kapo Kakinen gets his first start yesterday. 
for the Minnesota Wild after Cam Talbot played the first four games. And it, it doesn't take any hockey whisperer, any common sports fan to realize that Kapo Kakinen was terrible yesterday. And a box score from an eye test, five goals on his first 22 shots. He was brutal. Absolutely brutal. Now, Cam Talbot got the first four games of this season, and Talbot's had a history of being run out there a ton. I believe Edmonton started him like 70-plus games in a season three or four years ago. And Talbot through four games is basically who Cam Talbot is. And to get nerdy, let's go by his even strength percentage, save percentage, oh. and his power play save percentage. And wow, even and yes, even his high danger save percentage. Let's get oh. really, really nerdy here, okay? Feeling dangerous. So even strength save percentage for Cam Talbot, 923 this season. He's allowed six goals on even strength. Six goals. You just stop 78 of them. That's a 923 save percentage. That's pretty dang good for five on five. You, you can't ask for more from that. On the power play, he's only stopping 800% of the puck. So he has a save percentage of 800%, which is not great. But at the same time, you're down a man. It's more likely you're going to allow a goal on a power play situation than you are an even strength situation. 80%. Yeah, right? the 80%. Yeah, 80%. Sorry. And then 80%, in, I would lock him up long-term. Yes, that'd be, that'd be or awesome. Eight, or 800, 800%, God. I'm locking him up long-term. But yeah, he, he has allowed... Let's see here. Five power play goals on 30 shots. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah. So, he's been probably also about league average against the power play. In high danger save percentage situations. Now, there obviously, we have, we have a ton of sample size here because it's only been five, six games for most NHL hockey teams. But among goaltenders that have logged 100 minutes so far this season, mm-hmm. in high danger save percentage, according to Natural Stat Trick, Cam Talbot ranks 16th in the NHL, 80-70. 875 in save in high danger save percentage. So basically, he's a league average goaltender in high danger situations. He's a league average goaltender in five on five situations. And he's a league average goaltender in power play situations. He is who he is. So even though in the Jets game on Tuesday when the Wild of their home opener and he had a shaky game, he 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 is who he is. His stats and his eye test it indicates who he is. But my point is with Capo Kakinen. You're going to need a backup goaltender to come in and not be an absolute train wreck. Because I know what I can get in Talbot. And I think Talbot is also the kind of goalie that you can ride and can get hot and can carry you to a Stanley Cup if he gets hot. But you can't run him out there for 70 times, and the Well can't afford to do that. So if they realize quickly that in Kapo Kakinen's short amount of times getting starts, which I'm sure he'll get at least, hopefully, one on the upcoming three-game road trip for the Wild, if they realize that Kapo Kakinen isn't it, I wouldn't be hesitant at all to acquire another backup goaltender, which happens all the time in this league, because you can't afford Cam Talbot to be starting seventy times so a year. Are you out on? Are you out on Capo like long term? I think so. Oh, really? Yes. I'm not out yet. You're done. I'm. I'm. I think this is pretty quick enough. to. Uh, ooh, this is pretty quick to. And here's the thing, though. Like th- this happened with Darcy Kemper, and Darcy Kemper has turned himself into a, a good goaltender. He has, but Capo is a head case. Darcy is a head case. I can't have... A lot of goalies are. Right, but Ta- I don't think Talbot is. Talbot doesn't give me the Dubnik vibe of he's, no, a, he's an absolute I, I agree with that, but he's the exception, not the rule. And quarterbacks and goaltenders cannot be mentally weak people. And if if Kapo Kakinen can't handle pressure and can't handle, oh man, woe is me, I let in a shot on the first attempt of the game, yeah. then you have to find someone else to back him up. Kapo does ha- have, um, it seems like, a disturbing trend of if things spiral quick, he's done. So like so like it, it's like okay, you gave up a bad goal. Okay, dude, move on. It's done. Capo seems to not get past that. So if he gets off to a really good start and is is having a really good game, he's brilliant. He's great. 
But if he gives up a bad goal, now it's like, okay, now it's two goals, it's three goals. I'm not done yet, but I agree with Dex's point. And the most important thing here is you're going to have to make this decision coming out of the Olympic break because look at that schedule. Cam Talbot can't play. Like, like it is literally bang, 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 bang. Games are going to be ridiculous, and they're going to come fast. And so if you've decided by, by then, eh, Capo is okay, but not our guy, because in that last stretch, you are going to have to go to a goalie rotation that is essentially a 1A, 1B, not a 1-2. So if Declan's right, you're going to have to pull the trigger uh, at some point before you come out, out of that break, or else it's going to be a complete death. Yeah, no. It will be. It'll be um, a death march. It'll be bad. No, I I, I agree. Like Declan it's, laughed. The, the but they're they're trying to cram all these games in. They're ba- have they pushed the playoff start date back yes, much from like I, a look, little bit? But yes, let me be clear. It's why I hate going to the Olympics. It's interrupting the season that you're supposed to be focused on. Oh, I like. I Olympics. hate this. I love the 56 game season. Make I would I would honestly be in on the NHL going down to 56 but games. The, yeah, the wild the wild I think has one home game in February and then February's done for an international tournament. I don't care if it's the Olympics. I don't care what it is. Your league should not interrupt itself for the sake of an international tournament. I hate it. Just because, just because you hate the Olympics, a lot of people the, just because, just because you don't get the bobsled, okay, it doesn't mean no. That. A lot of people they'll love it because it's such a great tournament and it's an all star, <laughs> and and that's true. But it is, it's better hockey, bigger but ice. You, yeah, but you should be focused on what your season is, not stopping your season to accommodate something else. Drives me nuts. Well, uh, Federated Insurance has a has a straight line focus. They accommodate right? you. It's, they're not messing around with all these fringe activities. They just want to help. Protect your business from risk. Protect your employees, your bottom line. They've got all kinds of tools and smart people at Federated Insurance to do just that. They've been around for over 100 years. Well, not all of the people there have been around for 100 years. Be pretty old. Uh, But multiple uh, generations. (laughs) How can I help you here at Federated? (laughs) Come on in. I was born in 1898. We used to ride the trolley. <laughs> yeah. Computer? You're not, hold on. I'll pull my notepad out. <laughs> Federatedinsurance.com. And remember, at Federated, it's our business to protect yours. All right. Here's my first non-Viking statement. The Timberwolves might be better than the playing round games. We sit here and talk about can they just be the ten seed? Can they just get, get just be between the seven and the ten seed? Okay. Um, well, I've seen the first two games, and there was a little <laughs> blip. They let off the gas pedal a little bit against the Pelicans in the third quarter. All right, it happens. Said, got, I've seen the first two quarters. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, defense is active. They've got ten or eleven actual quality NBA players in rotation for the first time in God knows how long. And how about this stat so far from our friend uh, Alan Horton, voice of the Minnesota Timberwolves and friend of the show. We should get him on sometime soon. Towns and Edwards have played 54 minutes together in two games. And the Timberwolves are plus 42 in those 54 minutes. Now I get it. It's not exactly the two most formidable opponents in these first couple weeks. Uh, I don't think the Pelicans and the Rockets will be playing each other in uh, a playoff series, but this is what, like, people keep saying, it's the Pelicans and the Rockets. You guys, 
it's the Timberwolves, too. Right. Like, the Timberwolves have been yeah. what the Rockets and the Pelicans are for the majority of the last 17 years. They need to be stomping on these teams. And now when Towns fouled out, like, that game got kind of close, and then they finally put them away. But I love what we've seen so far in these first two games. I love that Pat Beverly is just, like, in guys' faces, and he adds a level of personality. And what's amazing is we've all been talking about Ben Simmons for months, right? Like, Ben Simmons, and I've been the leader of this, I think, this club. Defense, defense, defense. Where are you going to get the defense from? And Ben Simmons could maybe come in here and, like, add a whole new layer of defense. Well, their defense has been really active without Ben Simmons. Like, Mm -hmm. Jaden McDaniels has been blocking multiple shots a game the first couple games. And uh, Josh Okogie's been active. So, I I don't know. I'm I'm just saying. All right. The over-under for this team was like 35. Eight unless quarters there's injuries. In. Unless there's Eight injuries. Quarters in, you're saying L-O-B? Are you saying L-O-B? Up, up, up. I'm not saying L-O-B. Are you saying L-O-B? Say L-O-B. I'm, I'm not saying L-O-B for this year. But I, I will I will, I will. keep that door open for future seasons with this can't, this uh, cat-ant pairing. We'll call them the can't with a K. You can't call them the can't. You can't call them the can't. That's a terrible name. <laughs> If they roll and don't say, don't say you can't. They something um, like that. I don't know. So I, I know that the Rockets and Pelicans aren't good, but the one thing that I will say is, when's the last time that we've seen eight quarters from this team devoted to defense as much as this, which is effort? So like, I don't care who you're playing. Like you could play the Pelicans, Lakers, Golden State, and yes, the the last two teams are better. But if you're going to play defense, I think it's going to change the game a bit or a lot. I do want to. I want to caution a little in that there's no way you're going to keep up this level of defensive engagement for every game this season. Sure. And when you start to play Steph Curry and LeBron James, it's going to look a lot different. Um, but I, I think like this, there's some bricks being laid here. Well, <laughs> not in the way that you're used to bricks being laid by the Timberwolves. Bricks by that I think should be really <sighs> encouraging. Um, I love Pat Bev. Amen. Yeah, I'm going to go on the record right now. I love Pat Bev. Pat Bev is going to get in faces of teammates and opponents. He's yeah. going to push opponents. He is going to not bat back down. I think that that is a sneaky, great acquisition because he's he is going to bring to me exactly what Benino and Ian Cole brought to the Wild last year, which is uh, I've been there. I know how to do this. Yeah. Watch me. And if you don't, I might beat you up. A couple uh, Pat Bev anecdotes, too, from the weekend. So he went, and I can't remember if he was asked this question, but in one of his uh, media sessions, he said, Chris Finch is my guy. He goes, and I don't have a lot of guys, and I don't go out and vouch for a lot of guys, but Chris Finch is my guy. Like, he loves Chris Finch. I I don't know if they had a relationship before this or if Chris Finch has just made this impression in the last couple months. And then the other thing... There was a, a point in like the third or fourth quarter of that game against the Pelicans where Pat Bev knocked a ball off the leg of like Brandon Ingram, and uh, the officials called it Pelicans ball. And immediately Pat Bev's like, you know, review it. He's giving the review sign like no, and he's and he's and he's you know he's talking to everyone on his bench like no, no, no. And then they show the replay, and of course he knocked the ball off Ingram's leg, and it goes out of the bounds. So the the referees go in and they review it, and. Uh, and they reverse the call. And Beverly, not content to just like, yep, all right, we got the ball back, walks over like down the scores table to the official and gives the most like 
he gave this look. I'm trying to explain to the audio audience, like, like obviously you guys screwed that call up. Like he had to walk out of his way to go over there and tell the official, like, yeah, I you like idiot. It. Like, Good. I was right. And it's just a small anecdote, but like that saltiness of his personality mm-hmm. is something that this team has not had. He's Jimmy not- Butler brought it for like five minutes. Right. And beyond that, they've basically not had it for 15 years. Pat Bev ain't going to get pushed around, which I love because the, the Wolves for how long have basically been the team that got sand kicked in its face. Good for him. Yep. All right, Dex. You guys want the Chicago trip? I think it might be oh, wait, good. Okay. I think it might be Let's. Good. I've let's got do a couple more. more. Let's do a couple yeah, more quick, and then we'll get to the Chicago like trip. We got, we got all the time then, in the world here, time. by the way. Yeah. All the yeah. show in the world. I'm oh, back, yeah. but your show. A lot, lot, yep. lot of shot clock time, yep. four corners. Yep. Okay. All right. Oh, Dan Seema's knocking the door. Oh, Ross is coming in. Oh, weird. I'm gone. Oh, that's, well, Roscoe did do a Roscoe did a bang up was, job. I'm, I'm not going to lie, Roscoe job. was yeah. fantastic. Gus Ferrat, uh, man, player awesome. of the week uh, coming in. Man. I don't know, it's Gus Ferrat. I think he was more like the rookie who you draft and then comes in and supplants the veteran. And then Bailey Ober, and then it's just no. I don't think it was Bailey Ober either. I'm trying to think of a rookie who is the young quarterback that came in, and you weren't like yeah. you. You, you kind of want to see more of the young yeah. quarterback going forward, yeah. not at the expense but of you know the old what? quarterback. Drew Bledsoe was good. Drew Bledsoe was good, but this Brady kid was a little more special. Oh, got it. Got it. <laughs> yeah, Drew Bledsoe went on to play a few more years and launched a wine company. Yep. It was great. Yeah, always, yeah, it's been fantastic. All right, I got one more here. <laughs> I'm going to um, venture out to Macadac's neck of the woods for this statement, oh, okay? Oh, the Seattle Kraken have gone and done it. Former Wild executive Todd Lewicki, who played a big role, of course, in the Wild on opening night in 2000, retiring the number one, and then got a job with the Seahawks and retired the number 12, which, by the way, the 12th man thing is cool, but they retired the number, has retired on opening night of the Kraken's first game against the Canucks, has retired number 32 for the Kraken in honor of the fans, because the Kraken are, A, the, the 32nd team in the National Hockey League, and 2, B, drew 32,000 season ticket depositors in one day. and so That's, a, that's obscure. And so number 32... We need to retire and, the number for that? Yes, and so number 32 now has been <laughs> retired like number 1, which drives me crazy. <laughs> and the other thing is, I feel like like when Todd was here, he was a really button-up business businessman, executive type. I mean, he's a very, very smart guy. He still is. But go back and watch his um, him doing talking on the ice before the game during this ceremony on Saturday, and he's become a little Vince McMahon-like. Like he's yelling, you have done it! With, hey, Seattle, we've done it! Number 30. You're fired. Yeah, it's a little McMahon-like, and he's like, kiss my ass. It's, it's, yeah, go back Dave and watch Axel. it. But anyway, so they've retired the number 32. For the love of the God, can all these leagues please stop retiring numbers before you play a bleeping game? Okay, the wild one's hilarious. Like, this is pretty bad, because it's like 32... No one's going to know what that even means. Oh yeah, we sold 32,000 no. season tickets. Yeah. Like, no depositors, you, you Phil. It's not it. even it's not even yeah. sold. It's will you buy a ticket? Yes, I will. <laughs> You're one of 32,000. Yeah. But then like the wild one is ridiculous cuz you don't even know like they retired the num- number one for number one fans, right? That was the yeah. deal. Yes, because number one have, fans. Yes. Didn't he also coin state of hockey? That was that group as well, yes. 
Yeah, which is genius. Yeah, that's a genius. They, they yeah, twenty. Yes, but the number one thing is, listen, we don't even, you haven't even played a game yet. We Correct. don't know if the fans are good. The fan now, the fans, the right. wild fans have turned but out to be great. But you lost the North Stars. Yeah, but and you don't so, know, like I know, it's a little presumptuous. And do we need to? Or ret- maybe they spoke it into existence. I don't know. And why can't like like you know if you have attendance that's great or something? I, if you want to hang a damn banner, I wouldn't personally. But let's stop retiring numbers. And by the way, this is the third time, Todd, you've done this. The third time. Maybe once it was okay. Personally, I don't agree. But, you know, three times now? If I had to rank all three of those based on, like, how much sense they make, retiring the 12th man is very clever. Because it's very easy to explain, too. What's number 12? Oh, it's it's the 12th player. We are the 12th player. Right. We, we matter. Like, it's good. Right. Okay, number one for Wild fans. I don't know. I, it's hard to – it's like number one you're, you're number, number one fans. Number one fans. I, I, I don't know. Uh, this one is way too convoluted, so I, I got to rank this one third. Anyway, but uh, but but they have nailed the marketing for this. There's more people oh, with Kraken jerseys, God, than it's been Seahawks great. jerseys, right? Absolutely. Um, all right, I have two quick rifle. I'm going to rifle off two quick ones, and then we'll give Declan space here. So, number one, Eddie Rosario was always destined to do that in the playoffs. <laughs> it's just disappointing it didn't come in a Twins uniform. But for whatever reason, no one does that in a Twins uniform in the playoffs since Kirby Puck. Like Kirby Puckett was the last one to do that. Maybe A.J. Pierzynski in 2002 because he hit a big three. It's been a very long time. But, like, we haven't seen that. It's like, Eddie, buddy, couldn't you couldn't mix that in against the Yankees? <laughs> you know, 2017? I know. I know. 2019? Um, and then uh, my last one is I saw a lot of people having a good time last night. But I got to tell you, Rolling Stones are overrated. I agree. The most overrated rock band. I completely in agree. American music history. What? The Rolling Stones. In music history? Sorry. Period. American across, music history. Across I'm, the I'm board? not going to speak for Egyptian music. I, I couldn't. But I will speak for American music history. British Invasion. I'm Team Beatles on this, by the way. Like, I, oh, I, I am too. Yeah. But I think the Stones. Okay, I'm sorry. You're right. I'm so, sorry. I said American. I'll just say in uh, in in world history because you're right. They're a British band. Can I parse in, this in apart? world history? Oh, they're God. the most overrated. I'd like to parse band this apart oh, just a little bit. Just a little bit. This is gonna be a whole episode. No, it's okay. Well, no, 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 no. Mick Jagger. I mean, to his credit, he's a great. He's God a great bless him. Man. Yeah, man. He is, and and he is 78 years old. So what he's doing oh, is oh, incredible. I'm, t- I'm talking about when he was 35. Right too. now, I, I think I would disagree. I think I would I would disagree with your assessment from the Stones' prime. Um. They're not my favorite, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't call them overrated. But now, what they're trying to do and milking the cow like this—I mean, yes, it is. It's a lot. I don't disagree. Is impressive. I, I, well, I will not take that away. He's I mean, he's impressive. older than Roycey. and Patrick's he gets still in, up there to it. It's and incredible. He, and he dropped all the he dropped all the Minnesota bars. He dropped us early. I had, I had four Juicy Lucys at Matt's bar at the Five Matt's, Eight Club five, and. Like, brother, do you think you're 78, man? Your digestive system, you can't handle half a Juicy Lucy and a beer at this point. He and so Keith stop lying to the audience. Being alive is remarkable. Yeah. Are we sure Keith Richards is still alive? You know yeah. what? Or, or, or is it a weekend at Bernie's situation? Oh, no, man. No, it's they incredible. Just pr- they just Mick mentioned out. Surly, so you know what? Go, Mick. Go, Stones. <laughs> Pop that jersey. God, dude. All right. All right. All right, man. All right, so Declan, Declan took a weekend trip to <sighs> Chicago and then texted Judd and I very cryptically on Saturday and said, my trip ended early. I'll mm-hmm. save it for Monday. And we're mm-hmm. like, wow, okay. Yeah, so. Right. Did you get uh, arrested or something? Nope, I didn't get arrested. Um, so I, I took, yeah, I took a little bi-week vacation. You know, there's only a few Sundays off in the, in the, in the calendar year for the last three yeah. months. I like to get out of town. I was supposed to go to New York 
That was the original plan about a month and a half ago. But then my best friend decides to move across the country. So then I had, I had to scramble and I, I audible. And I went to Chicago because I haven't been there since I was 18. Uh, I went there the week after high school graduation, but I hadn't been back since. I have a cousin who lives there, so I hung out with her. I thought it'd be a great little time, right? So I go to Chicago. I stay in West Loop and in downtown for the first two nights. Had an absolute blast. Loved it. And then on Friday, I moved out to the Logan Square neighborhood where my cousin was um, just to get out of downtown. And exp- I mean, Chicago's a huge city, man. So I, I figured there'd be other other places to see. So on Friday, my, my cousin actually leaves for the rest of the weekend. So now I'm, I'm actually by myself in Chicago for the rest of the trip, which I knew going into the trip. And I was fine with because th- that, that's what I expected. And I wanted just some me time as well. So it's Friday night. Uh, I'm wandering Logan Square neighborhoods and I end up at a bar. I had, I had to get some drinks and some food in me. So you're just alone. I'm alone in Chicago. It's awesome. Okay. Alone in Chicago. I had an Airbnb. Yeah. Uh, that I've done I, that before. Yeah. It is fun. Yeah. I had an Airbnb that I checked into after staying in downtown. So I had an Airbnb for the rest of the weekend. That was the plan. Had a nice host. I had the whole basement awesome level to myself. It was a great Airbnb. Oh, was, it, was there someone else? Not to keep derailing this. Was yeah. there someone else in the Airbnb with you? Yeah. There was one person above me. So there was like a cool. wife and her husband above me. I always uh, think that's a little weird. It like, is oh, weird. It's just like a family upstairs. Yeah, I didn't. Li- I honestly, I'm just like I didn't like that. Oh, part. sorry, I've got some digestive issues in mm-hmm. one of your bathrooms. Yes, my God, <laughs> it's clogged. Hey, my God, <laughs> it's your toilet. So, it's Friday night. I'm at the bar. I'm alone for the rest of the trip. Just trying to figure out what I'm on my phone watching the Bulls game. I was trying to find the baseball playoff game. Couldn't find it. It's obviously Chicago Bulls territory. So I'm, I'm watching this Bulls game at this crowded arcade bar, and. I look at, I, I just decide, hey, I'm going to pull up um, my Delta app just to make sure. What is my flight again on Sunday? You know, I was a little spacey at the time. I was having a good time. And I look at the flight, and my statement is double, triple, and quadruple check your itinerary. Because on my flight home for Sunday, my plane was not leaving out of Chicago, it was leaving out of Minneapolis. <laughs> so now. <laughs> now, in my mindset. So wait, did you? Okay, sorry. He keeps keep talking. I'm I'm now having a panic attack. I'm now having like a legitimate <laughs> panic attack, and the lifestyle choices I was choosing was really not helping. Being alone in Chicago and feeling really good and realizing, oh my god, my my flight is leaving out of Minneapolis on Sunday night, not leaving out of Chicago as originally planned. And your question is probably, did you book two one way tickets? Yes, I did book two one-way tickets. That, oh that, no! That, and you booked you booked two one-way tickets from Minneapolis to Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> How? I, I told my why statement. Didn't you book a, why didn't you book a round trip? Okay, so yeah. here's and this is where this entire mess <laughs> that was my yeah entire mess comes full circle. And, and and by the way, Curb Your Enthusiasm is back, and it's a, it was very much a full circle moment. I was supposed to go to New York. That was the original plan six weeks ago. I was going to New York. I didn't know. And round trip tickets to go to New York were insanely expensive. Like I just I couldn't find it. And I was looking for months and months and months. And I figured, well, what happens if you just do one way ticket options? Like, what is is, is, is oh, that no. cheaper? So I it I depends. did. I, it depends, right? So I did two one way tickets. And by the way, I went back and looked, and I correctly did. A one-way ticket from Minneapolis to New York on a Wednesday and New York to Minneapolis on the Sunday of this trip. But because I had to rearrange the flight, I canceled the Sunday return home flight ticket 
and I rearranged the Wednesday ticket. I just like I rebooked it through Delta. But then when I had to go make a new flight to come home before I took the Chicago trip, I did not clearly look at where this I almost said where this plane was leaving. And I booked two one-way tickets. So then I, I, I scrambled. I'm at this bar, and I'm freaking out inside. So I walk back to the Airbnb, because I, I wasn't going to handle this on my phone in a crowded bar in Chicago. Oh, my God. And I look at all the returns. So I can, I can switch the plane. I can switch the airports and, and do the whole return flight. But, like, literally the only feasible, cheap option was to come home Saturday morning because every other option, either to come home Saturday night or Sunday originally, the plan was like five to $700 more I would have had to pay Ugh. out of pocket. And in this one, I, 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 I'd only had to pay, I, I don't even mind saying this, I only had to pay 130 bucks to change. That's not bad. So I kind of looked at it like, all right, yeah, I'm going to have to cut my trip short. And I did get my Airbnb for Saturday night refunded. So that kind of honestly Oh, offset. wow. You got a full refund that last minute? I, I texted her and I was like, hey, I had something come. I didn't say what because if I told her I screwed up two one-way yeah. tickets, I would have not gotten this refund. I said I had a family emergency. I had something come so up. My Airbnb, oh, you wait. You said, oh, man. Yeah. Oh. yeah no, well, no I, that, that's I, a good call. But that's, yeah. There was no that's way I could have gotten my wrong here. And I have COVID. And I have yeah. COVID. cancer. Yeah. You have and to come <laughs> fumigate your basement level of your home. I've got my treatments here at the hospital in Chicago. Chicago, uh, I can go home now. Uh, so, oh my God! And and as I texted you guys too, audience doesn't know this. When I flew out on Wednesday, they were looking for vouchers and people to change flights. So I actually got like an awesome travel voucher to take a later flight out when I left Wednesday. So all things considered, double, triple, and quadruple check your itinerary. But financially, I actually still I think came out of this trip a little bit positive okay. with with the vouchers. Uh- my statement to you would be just uh, book round trip flights. I know, man. Especially I've, yeah. never, done, yeah, I've never done this before. <laughs> no, you shouldn't and it, do that. And it bit me hard. Yeah, dude, you hard. are. Don't ever try a veteran traveler move when you're, you're not a veteran not. traveler. I, mean, I don't. I, like okay. I don't do that. You're right. Okay, I've, I've, got, yeah. I've got a. I've got a friend who he one of his he has he's got a full time gig, but like his side gig is travel hacks, and he's got a website. And it's like how to it's how to game the the point systems and and one of the things he taught me and I've only done this like twice, but there's ways you can get cheaper flights if you check connections. Like, let's say you want to go to New York, but like the flights to New York are expensive or something. You could you could let's say then you could go. Oh well, what if I fly to Boston but find a connection in New York and right. just don't get on the connection? I just go to New York instead. There's like like things yeah, like that where I've you can that. kind of gain the yeah you've done that before yeah I I've uh, you could save like hundreds of dollars I've on booked round trip flights with way. with no intention of coming back on the plane <laughs> okay like we that's got to be really expensive though right no no um this one was actually cheaper to go round trip than to go one way interesting I, I, it just depends but, on but how are you how stuff. how are you getting back then are you just like I, I drove back with Dawn. Some, so it. It, okay. it was to it was to Cedar Rapids, and I had to go to something a family thing, and the round trip ticket was cheaper than a, a one way ticket. But I was going to drive back with her. Okay. So, but I mean, it's just ar- arbitrary. But what Declan did is a savvy veteran move that should be reserved for veterans. See, see Pat Bell would have told you not to do that. Like Pat yeah. Bell yeah. would have been Declan. Don't get tricky. Don't be doing that, man. You got to play defense here. No, I thought you were going to say you got booted from your No, I know you guys. That would have been a better story. Like, like you clogged yeah, it up, and they're like, get the hell out of here.
threw your claws out. Oh, my God. So, yeah. Getting a plunger. Came back about uh, 36 hours earlier. There, yeah, well, we so. got your note. I yeah. was like, I hope he's okay. Yeah, no, I was fine. I was I was back in my own apartment. So you actually did fine yeah. financially. You just Financially, up. yeah, actually. I, I still had, like, come out positive on this trip, which there is hilarious. There is nothing worse, but, though, than when something goes awry on a trip and, and you're sort of drunk. And then, and like, alone. you realize it. And alone. Being and alone. No, 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 and alone. alone. I don't care and about no being one alone. to help you. Like, I, I have dead parents, like, so I'm prepared okay. to be independent, but this was a, oh my God, what did I just do? Well, yeah, because you feel stupid too. Yeah, you feel okay. really dumb. As someone who in, in my life has battled depression and some anxiety, what helps in those moments is what is really the worst thing that can happen? Right. Yeah, like, that's a good point. All right. What is, re- like, I'm not going to die. Yeah, I'm not. There's plenty not of hotels. Dead. Like right. I'm not gonna go. I'm not gonna go bankrupt if right. I have to spend a couple extra bucks on a hotel tonight. All right. There's 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 flights from Minneapolis to Chicago and vice versa that that go off like taxi cabs for God's sake. It's more, and if you, and if you gotta if you gotta drive back, rent a car or something. Yeah, it's it's like more. Hours. It's more it's the, the worst that can happen. It's more the initial moment of panic, though. Yeah, dude. When you look at like the travel itinerary, and you're like. What the f? What did I just do? Because then, then Phil, <laughs> Phil is exactly right. Like you calm yourself down, but there's always oh that initial God. like adrenaline rush or something. Yeah, what did I do? And your stomach oh, no. like drops, and you're like, uh, I, I gotta go to the bathroom now. Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> I gotta go to the bathroom. There it is. All right, travel tips from anyway. Declan Goff. Okay, right Declan. There. Well, next time, just Amazing. go round trip. My yeah, it was. It's just like it's so embarrassing. Like I had to text my siblings, being like. I'm coming home tomorrow. Oh, like what's happening? Are you okay? Is your heart exploding again? Because th- that's also what happened when I've taken a trip. I was like, nope, health wise, I'm fine. Your brother is just an idiot. Yeah, that's all yeah. that happened. So I'm, I'm sure there were some folks oh, in your fa- God, dude. family that weren't surprised. Brother, all right. Brother Liam brother. said, "Oh yeah, I can believe it." Yeah. yeah. All right, all right. We got it. That's go. a wrap, Mackie and Judd. <laughs> Thanks, uh, be sure to check out Purple Daily as well. And thanks to everyone who has downloaded the Score North app, central hub for everything we do here on Mackie and Judd, Purple Daily, Royce Unchained, the Scuba Doogie Judd's written work. We'll see you guys tomorrow on Mackie and Judd. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples. There are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone.